You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Today is Tuesday, May 18th. And the biggest topic of conversation all day on Monday was Gonzaga's rotation for the coming season. And I think everyone in the Gonzaga world has speculated on it now over the last 48 hours or so. And it sounds like everyone has said something completely different. And that's what makes it so interesting with that much talent on the team. Today on the show, we will be discussing none of that. Instead, we are going to give a Pro Zags update with the NBA Play-In Series starting tonight. And the Euro Zags playing in the playoffs yesterday. We'll also give you another recruiting class as we continue to count down our rankings. But we are going to start today with the biggest story in Gonzaga, and that is Gonzaga baseball. As they head to Eugene to play the Oregon Ducks on Tuesday night. And with another Pac-12 showdown on the horizon, this is a good time to promote that there's no better place to get all of your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked on Pac-12 podcast hosted by Cindy Robinson. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, now let's get into it. The new rankings for all of Division I baseball's major pools came out on Monday. And here is where the six major pools rank Gonzaga and Oregon heading into their showdown on Monday. Baseball America has Oregon 13, Gonzaga 25. Collegiate Baseball has Oregon 9, Gonzaga 19. D1Baseball.com has Oregon 6, Gonzaga 17. NCBWA has Oregon 7, Gonzaga 20. Perfect Game has Oregon 13, Gonzaga 19. And the USA Today Coaches Poll has Oregon 7, Gonzaga 20. So this is, if you average all those out, it's basically a top 10 team against the top 20 team. And if you look at the latest bracketologies, one of the most well-known um, bracketologists of D1Baseball.com, they actually come out with theirs every Tuesday. So theirs will be up sometime today. Last week when they released theirs, uh, Gonzaga was a two-seed in the Eugene Regional. So we'll see what happens after uh, they return from COVID pause. The other one that gets used a lot um, in terms of bracketology is the College Sports Madness Bracketology. And they released their new one on Monday and they had the Spokane Regional. Gonzaga hosting in the Spokane Regional with Oregon State, North Carolina, and Central Michigan as the four teams in that regional. Gonzaga and Oregon State have played each other this season. Gonzaga went one and two in those three games. So a win over Oregon on Tuesday for Gonzaga would go a very, very long way towards hosting one of those 16 regionals. Like I said yesterday on the show, Spokane is one of the 20 sites being considered to host one of those 16 regionals. So like I said, a win over another top 10 team tonight. They've already taken two out of three from TCU earlier in the season, and they're a top 10, top 15 program this year. So another win over Oregon, which is another top 10 team, would be a huge boost uh, in terms of uh, hosting a regional. So let's preview this thing. Gonzaga against Oregon. Since 2000, the year 2000, Gonzaga is 2-15 and 15 against the Oregon Ducks. But of course, that history doesn't mean a whole lot. Let's talk about this year. Oregon, their last 27 games, 22-5, and five, and they've won six straight. Gonzaga, in their last 28 games, 23-5, and five, and they've won nine straight. They are two of the hottest, and they are two of the best teams in all of America right now. It should be a fantastic game. 
The interesting part is going to be the pitching matchup because neither team is named a starter. Uh, normal Tuesday starter for Gonzaga has been Alec Gomez, but he was forced to pitch on Sunday because Gabriel Hughes was not available for Gonzaga, who's their normal Saturday starter. So they don't have a Tuesday starter necessarily lined up, so it's most likely going to be a full bullpen game. My guess is that they're probably going to start either Nico Zeglin or Bradley Mullen. Both of those two guys have had mixed results all season when they've pitched. But if they can get three solid innings from whoever they start, they can use the rest of their bullpen to finish the game. Tristan Vreeling, who's been really good this season, he should be available for multiple innings. Michael Spellacy, who's pitched more innings out of the bullpen than anyone on the team this year, He's probably only going to be available for two innings, maybe three maximum, because he pitched four and two-thirds on Saturday. But Daniel Naughton, he's fresh if they need him. And they always have this secret weapon named Alec Jacob. Their Friday starter, he's their ace, but he's pitched in relief before, and I would not be shocked if he did it again. Uh, He did it back in April. He pitched eight scoreless innings. Uh, against Pacific in the the first game of a weekend series. And then he pitched an inning in relief against Oregon State on Tuesday in a win over the the, uh, Beavers. So they are not going to be afraid to use him as the closer if they have the lead, especially since Brody Jesse is probably going to be unavailable after he pitched nearly 60 pitches on Sunday. So how head coach Mark Maktoff manages the Gonzaga pitching staff tonight is going to be extremely, extremely interesting. And they are going to be facing a lineup that has five guys hitting above 300 and a sixth batting 299. Ducks first baseman Gabe Matthews. He is the Oregon Ducks career leader in hits, doubles, multi-hit games, and he only needs two more RBIs to be the career leader in that category as well. Their shortstop, John Kesevich, is one of the toughest players to strike out in all of the Pac-12. He strikes out basically once every 10 at-bats, which in today's baseball is, is pretty remarkable. Uh, their left fielder, Tanner Smith, he's hitting 320. He leads the Pac-12 this year in doubles, and he's too shy of a single-season record at Oregon. The right fielder, Aaron Zavala, is hitting 395. He is uh, fifth in the entire country in on-base percentage. And then their DH, Kenyon Yavon, he's hitting 323 with 11 homers this year. And those 11 homers are tied for fifth in the Pac-12. All of this is to say that there are two teams in this game who hit the absolute snot out of the baseball facing each other in most likely a bullpen game on both sides. So it is going to be a very interesting game. It could be very high scoring and exciting. Uh, And it happens tonight, 6 p.m. in Eugene. You can watch it for free on the Pac-12 streaming service. If you go to Gonzaga's baseball's uh, schedule page, On the uh, GoZags website, they will have a link for it. All you have to do is click it. It says watch. Um, Click the the, the, uh, button watch and you'll be good to go. I will also put it in the podcast description if that's easier for you. Uh, You can come back to it right around 6 o'clock. First pitch should be sometime between 6 and 6.05. And of course, we are going to recap the game tomorrow on the show. Okay, coming up, we shift our focus back to basketball. The NBA play-in tournament starts tonight. Multiple Zags are playing in it, so we will preview that. And then we'll also recap overseas Zags, who had some playoff games on Monday, plus a special shout-out to Courtney Vandersloot as the WNBA gets underway. But first, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Okay, let's talk about uh, Zags in the NBA. The NBA play-in tournament begins tonight, and both DeMontis Sabonis and Rui Hachimura will be in action. The Pacers, they are the 9 seed. They are hosting the 10 seed Charlotte Hornets. If the Pacers win, they move on to the next round of the play-in tournament. If they lose, their season is over. DeMontis Sabonis finished the season averaging 20.3 points, 12 rebounds, 6.5 assists. There are only three players in NBA history who have averaged 20 points, 12 rebounds, and six assists in a season prior to DeMontis Sabonis. Wilt Chamberlain did it twice, Oscar Robertson, and Kevin Garnett. So you can add DeMontis Sabonis to that about pretty much the most elite list you can think of uh, when it comes to the NBA. Wilt Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson, Kevin Garnett, and now DeMontis Sabonis, players who average 20 points, 12 rebounds, and six assists in a season. Pretty remarkable stuff for Sabonis. He's pretty much the only healthy player down the stretch for the Pacers, um, but they end up getting the nine seed. They are three-point favorites going against the uh, Hornets tonight. That game is at 3.30 p.m. You can watch it on TNT Pacific Time. The other game that will be following that is the Washington Wizards and Rui Hachimura. They got the eight seed, so they will be traveling to Boston, who is the seven seed. The winner of that game will be the official seven seed in the NBA playoffs. The loser of that game will play the winner of the Hornets-Pacers game on Thursday, and the winner of that game will be the official eight seed of the NBA playoffs. So if seedings hold, the Celtics would beat the Wizards, the Pacers would beat the Hornets, and on Thursday we would get Sabonis versus Rui with the winner going to the playoffs and the loser going home. But we'll see what happens. The Wizards have been on absolute tear the uh, the final two months of the season. Rui Hachimura battled through a couple of injuries and a little bit of a sickness down the stretch of the year, uh, but he finished the season averaging 13.8 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 1.5 assists, which is remarkably consistent uh, to his rookie year stats. This year, he averaged 13.8 points. Last year, he averaged 13.5. He averaged one more minute this year. His field goal percentage was 1% higher, and he averaged half a rebound less. So a remarkably consistent first two years for Rui Hachimura. He is basically the number three scoring option behind Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. So we'll see what happens tonight in the two playing games. Like I said, the uh, Pacers play at 3.30 Pacific time on TNT, and the Wizards-Celtics game will be following that probably about 6.15 Pacific time on TNT. Tomorrow on Wednesday, the Grizzlies also in the play-in tournament with Brandon Clark and Killian Tilly. Tilly likely won't play, but he did play in the second-to-last game of the season as the Grizzlies were resting a bunch of players, and he hit a huge three down the stretch of that game to beat the Sacramento Kings. It was the most run he's got in a game this year. He started. He played 38 minutes, scored 16 points, grabbed six rebounds, had an assist, just one turnover. He was three for six from deep, five for 13 from the field. So the the best performance of Killian Tilly's career, it'll be interesting to see if he can get a consistent role next season uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Brandon Clark, 
He has been the sixth man for Memphis for the majority of the season, starting just a handful of games. Uh, He's averaged a minute and a half more this year than he did last year, but his scoring is down. Last year, he averaged 12 points a game. This year, he averaged just a hair over 10 points a game. Rebounding is right around the same, right around six rebounds uh, per game, but his three-point percentage dipped uh, pretty drastically from 36% to 26%, and his field goal percentage dropped from 62% to 52%. So Brandon Clark's shooting numbers down slightly, uh, but he still impacts the game. He never turns the ball over, only a half a turnover game, uh, still a block per game, a steal per game, one and a half assists, six rebounds. I mean, he still does a lot of really, really good stuff uh, on the court. He just needs to get back to shooting closer to you know 35, 37% from deep. Um, we saw some videos earlier in the season where he kind of had a, a reworked jumper that looked worse than the jumper that he had before. So uh, it'll be an interesting offseason for Brandon Clark as well to see if he can develop that jumper back to a, a more efficient pace. They play, the Memphis Grizzlies do, they play Wednesday night at 4.30. They are the nine seed in the Western Conference, so they'll host the 10 seed San Antonio Spurs. That game is at 4.30 Pacific time on ESPN. The winner of that game moves on, the loser goes home, and Memphis is a four-point favorite. The winner of that game will face the loser of the Lakers-Warriors game, which is bound to be an epic showdown. The Warriors are the eight seed, the Lakers are the seven seed, so the winner of that will be the seven seed in the NBA playoffs. The loser of that game will host the winner of the Spurs-Grizzlies game. So the Grizzlies got to win back-to-back games against the Spurs and then either the Warriors or the Lakers, which is quite the tall task, but you never know. Uh, Like I said, Grizzlies play at 4.30 p.m. Wednesday on ESPN. The uh, Sabonis and the Pacers play Tuesday, 3.30 TNT. Rui plays Tuesday, 6 p.m. TNT. All right, let's jump across the pond now for some overseas Gonzaga players. Kyle Wilcher, his team was in a do-or-die game three in their playoff series in the quarterfinals in Turkey, and uh, they got beat up in the second half a little bit, and uh, their team has been eliminated. Kyle Wilcher had 16 points in the uh, game three. Wilcher finished the season in Turkey playing just about 30 games. He averaged just shy of 19 points a game, six rebounds, two and a half assists, and he shot 44% from beyond the arc. So a very solid season for Kyle Wilcher in Turkey, plus he just welcomed a kid into the world. So uh, about as productive a season as you can ask for for Kyle Wilcher. The other player in action on Monday was Kevin Pangos, his uh, number one seeded Zenit St. Petersburg team in the VTB United League in Russia. Uh, as the number one seed, they lost game one of their semifinal series. It's a best of five series. They lost 78 to 73. They could not uh, come back from a first half deficit. But Kevin Pangos had a solid game. He scored 23 points and had seven assists. Uh, The team that they're playing finished three games behind them in the standings. So they're a good team. They're the fourth seed overall. And obviously they're in the semifinals, so they're uh, good enough to win. Um, So they are down. Kevin Pangos' team is down 1-0 in the series. They will play game two Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. On the other side of that bracket is Nigel Williams-Goss, which I've mentioned before. He plays this morning in game one of his five-game series. Hopefully, for all Gonzaga fans, uh, all of us want um, both Kevin Pangos and Nigel Williams-Goss's team to win so they can face each other in the championship game. Uh, they pretty much alternate on a daily basis here. So um, Pangos played Monday. Goss is going to play Tuesday. Pangos is playing Wednesday. Goss is playing Thursday. So I'll keep you updated on all of those games, both on my Twitter feed and on the podcast as the week goes on. 
And before we move on, of course, I've got to talk about Courtney Vandersloot. The Chicago Sky and the WNBA have kicked off. The Chicago Sky played on Saturday, and Courtney Vandersloot is back in action, one of the greatest point guards to ever lace up a pair of boots. And she had four assists in the first game of the season for Chicago. Candace Parker, everybody knows Candace Parker. Candace Parker is now a part of that Chicago team. She had uh, 16 points, eight rebounds, and four assists in her first game in a Chicago uniform. Chicago Sky won 70 to 56. I will be keeping tabs on Courtney Vandersloot, by far the best Gonzaga women's point guard to ever come through that program. Okay, coming up, we are going to reveal the 17th ranked recruiting class of the Mark Few era. It is a class full of names that pretty much everybody knows, and it's highlighted by a former WCC Player of the Year. But first, a minute to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. The NBA and the NHL are both in the playoffs, so it's the perfect time to get in on the fun. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action as well. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts use promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, as always, just a recap for those that are new and just tuning in. Over the next month, we are counting down from worst recruiting class to best recruiting class of the Mark Few era. These rankings do include transfers. Those transfers count from the year they entered the program. The most notable walk-ons are also included. And these are my own personal rankings. They are a combination of talent, success, and what this recruiting class meant to the program as a whole. Monday, as a reminder, was the class of 1999, highlighted by the great Dan Dickow. Today, the 17th ranked recruiting class is the class of... 2006 and the class of 2006 consists of Matt Bolden, the shining star, Theo Davis, Will Foster, Abdullah Kuso. Let's start from back to first like always. Kuso uh, was a community college transfer. He actually started his career at Rutgers in the uh, 2003-04 season and then he transferred to Tallahassee Community College where he averaged 13 and a half points eight rebounds and two blocks a game. Then he came to Gonzaga, where he was actually a role player for them, and he played pretty well as a role player in the 2007-2008 seasons. He played in the 67 games, averaged five points, four and a half rebounds, and one block. He shot 58% from the field. He was a, a good, solid role player. And since leaving Gonzaga, he has had a successful and very long pro career. He's played in Korea, Japan, Croatia, Canada, Japan again. He's been playing in Japan for several years now. Um, And he's, like I said, he's had a successful career. He's averaged double figures uh, majority of the seasons playing in Japan. So shout out to uh, Takuso. Will Foster, seven foot five, the tallest guy who's ever come to Gonzaga, never turned out to be anything more than a bench player for the Bulldogs. He stayed all four years. He ended up appearing in 78 games starting on senior night, but he never averaged more than seven minutes a game in any season, never averaged more than two points, and never averaged more than two rebounds. So I saw Will Foster uh, at the Final Four in Arizona at a pregame social, and he is definitely 
the tallest human being I've ever seen. Um, so shout out to Will Foster. And then there's Theo Davis. And Theo Davis had quite the college career. And uh, we kind of all, if anybody who was following uh, Gonzaga basketball in the mid-2000s knows about Theo Davis. Six foot nine, six eight, six nine recruit, one of the uh, highest rated recruits that they had gotten at the time. He redshirted the 06 07 season, only played four games as a redshirt freshman before he got uh, arrested and suspended, uh, along with Josh Heifelt. He ended up transferring out of Gonzaga shortly thereafter, ended up at Binghamton, ended up quitting at Binghamton, and then ended up at Rogers State. Uh, where he played for a year. Rogers State University is an NAIA program in Florida. And then he didn't play a senior season, dropped off the face of the planet, and all of a sudden showed up at a Canadian university uh, called Brock University, the Brock Badgers, where he apparently played a senior season two years after the junior season, which was in 2011. Um, So I'm not sure how all of that worked out. But nonetheless, Theo Davis had a uh, rocky and turbulent uh, college career, to say the least. And now, let's talk about Matt Bolden. Somebody who's probably one of the more underrated Gonzaga stars uh, in program history. He was essentially a four-year starter. He started 118 out of the 133 games that he played in. I don't think he missed a single game with injury. Um, He averaged nine points as a freshman. 12.5 as a sophomore, 13.5 as a junior, 15.5 as a senior. He led Gonzaga, he helped lead Gonzaga to the Sweet 16 in that 2009 season. And then as a senior in 2010, he was the WCC Player of the Year. He is top 10 all time uh, at Gonzaga in scoring. Uh, He has uh, 1,683 points, averaged 12.7 points over his career. Uh, Good distributor, good rebounder, really good defender as well. Didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Just He was about as solid as a four-year starter as you could ask for, Um, and he ended up having a a pretty good uh, professional career as well. And it was highlighted with a D-League championship in 2014. He got traded midseason from the Delaware 87ers to the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Those are two incredible basketball names. Uh, But the Mad Ants, they won the D-League championship uh, as they beat Santa Cruz in that 2014 D-League playoffs. And Matt Bolden is a D-League champion, and he also won the Finals MVP award. He averaged 12 points for the Mad Ants in the 18 games he played for him. Uh, When he played for Delaware, he averaged 15.5 points. And the year after, he stayed in the G-League and averaged 14.5 points again for those mad ants. He also had a fairly successful international career where he played in several different countries. He never ended up playing an actual NBA game. He was in the summer league for the Orlando Magic, but did not appear in any games for them. He was also in the D-League select team for the 2015 NBA Summer League, um, but he ended up going to Korea after that. So never appeared in an NBA game, but he did have a successful, very, very successful G League career and a successful overseas career. And most importantly, an incredibly successful uh, Gonzaga basketball career. And he kind of helped bridge the gap between uh, the Adam Morrison era and the Kevin Pangos era. Him and Stephen Gray were kind of those two guys that kept Gonzaga afloat in the the late 2000s and broke through to that Sweet 16 in 2009 because they hadn't been in several years 
Um, they went once with Morrison, once with Bolden, and then they didn't go again until Pangos led them there uh, with Kyle Wilcher and Gary Bell in 2015. Okay, that is going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, we're going to recap everything that we previewed today. Gonzaga, huge game against Oregon tonight. The NBA play-in tournament is tonight with Sabonis and Rui Hachimura. Nigel Williams-Goss has a playoff game this morning. And, of course, another recruiting class coming up tomorrow. And this one has arguably the most important international recruit in school history. Don't forget, you can tune in to the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today, they are talking about who should win all of the major awards in the NBA. I would imagine uh, Jokic and Steph Curry are probably going to finish one and two in the MVP race. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also rate and subscribe to this podcast, Locked On Zags. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. I will read them every Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Escargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your story or any questions or ideas or comments that you have, feel free to do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody, enjoy your Tuesday. We will see you back here Wednesday morning with a recap of everything. It is a great day to be a Zag.